0: Well, it's great to be here with all of you. Again, my name's John, and my wife, Jessie, and this is Gabe. Um, (laughs) If there's any, uh, I wanted to just express that if um, any of you were wondering if Gabe was happy to have his dad around a little bit more this summer, I wanted to show you this picture that that's the answer. Um, He was very excited to have a little extra dad time. We've both been going through a little of uh, our own separation anxiety, both of us this past week, as I've uh, headed back to work, and, um, but, but we really are, as I stand here, I just feel such gratitude um, for uh, a lot of things, but the support of this community being one of them. Um, before, during, after, so much prayer for us that has been expressed and communicated. Um, Well, I'll share a little bit more about a key piece of our sabbatical, um, was a trip to a program in Michigan, uh, kind of right in the middle and um, finances. We couldn't have gotten there without lots of generosity from individuals in this congregation. And uh, we've just felt so supported by that. Uh, Coverage, all sorts of people covering uh, to help things continue to move forward. Uh, to, give, to give me space to be away for a while. And uh, I could go on and on, encouragement, space, uh, just to give us space to, um, to get away with the Lord and as a family for a bit. And uh, so my heart is filled with gratitude. Uh, also, just feel so grateful to be a part of a church that values uh, health in their leaders And in staff members, in a lot of different places we went, we'd talk to people. And they'd go, wow, that's amazing that your church lets your pastors go away on a sabbatical to be filled up, to to get their own needs addressed and uh, to be ministered to. And so it's such, as we come back, we're so grateful um, for the culture that we get to be a part of uh, that values that. Um, you'll be hearing a little bit more, uh, maybe more than a little bit more, uh, a bit more for me this morning, but uh, uh, before that kind of main portion of the message, we wanted Jesse to have a chance to, to share a bit as well. Oh yeah, and that was just a, a little bike ride. We went on a lot of bike rides together. It was uh, really refreshing. This was Gabe's first bike ride right here, so yeah. He, uh, he, w- he refuses to wear a hat. In any situation except, thankfully, on a bike, he will, he will deal with the helmet.
1: So, Well, this is a treat for me because I'm never up here. So it's like, oh, wow, this is what it looks like from up here. Um, I get to see all your faces. So um, I just wanted to share a little bit with you guys um, about how this was for me. But first, I, I wanted to share, I walked in this morning, and I realized I really missed worshiping with all of you. That's like, I just walked in and I was like, wow, there's something so sweet about worshiping with your spiritual family. There's just nothing like it. And so I just walked in and I was like, oh, it's it's family. It's worshiping Jesus with family. And I miss that. So it's good to be back. I had a really bad cold <laughs> last week. I think someone was going around family camp. And um, so if I cough, I will try to Make sure you're not subjected to that, but we'll see. But I just wanted to share um, a little bit of what I was learning. I think we were learning through this time, because it really was such a gift. I was like, wow, when do you get to do this? Have three months for John. But really, we felt like the Lord was highlighting for us to take it as a family. Um, And so we actually got to do that. Um, I'm currently home with Gabe, so it gave us the ability to have more flexibility in our schedule and really say, all right, God, we feel like this is a time to be consecrated to you. Um, what, what do you want us to use this for? How, how do you want us to rest in you? And it was so cool because I feel like our first key hint to that came through community. Um, before we left, we had asked so many of you guys, hey, pray for us, pray for us. And um, something I love about this community is people actually do. <laughs> they actually do pray for you. It's, it's not just a, oh, yeah, we'll pray for you. But people actually did right there in the moment and even before we left. So um, something cool that happened was when people were doing that, we had numerous people give us scripture um, or pictures. They felt like the Lord was highlighting to them when they were praying. And we got um, the same picture three to four times <laughs> from numerous different people. It was like, oh, okay, maybe I should pay attention to this. Um, And it was a picture, very simple, of just a tree planted by a stream of water. And various people elaborated on it differently, but the same picture of a tree planted by a stream of water with its roots kind of into the stream. And what none of these people knew when they gave us that word was that I had been, the month before our sabbatical started, just really seeking the Lord on what he had for this time. And he really highlighted to me Psalm 1. Which, um, for those of you who know Psalm 1, there's a tree in Psalm 1. Um, It reads like this. But those whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So that part of just, but whose delight is in the law of the, word, of the Lord is like a tree planted by a stream of water. So I just felt this invitation from the Lord to, at the beginning of our sabbatical to say, come, this is a time for you as a family to feast on my words, to delight in the law of the word. Feast on the truth that I have for you. Um, so just, you know, taking that in. All right, Lord, yes, we want to feast on you. So our first two weeks... Um, we had someone gift us a condo in Florida, which was awesome. And um, one of our favorite things to do with this condo was there was a back patio to the condo. So John and I would wake up before Gabe woke up and just spend time with the Lord there in the sun. And um, right in front of the patio was a stream of water that we, like, looked at. And I don't know how I didn't notice this our first day, but it was a few days in. And I was spending time with the Lord, and I was actually reading Psalm 1. And it was kind of like my eyes were opened. And I look up, and literally right on the other side of the stream is a row of trees planted by the stream of water. And it, I was like, whoa, it's literally what I'm reading. I'm looking at. And the cool part was, oh, that's the photo, is nowhere else on the whole property up the stream or down the stream where there are any trees. So it's literally right in front of our condo. And it just felt like this, sign, this reminder from God of, like, I see you. I'm with you. My words are what you need. My truth is your food, and so we just really tried to implement that in the beginning. That discipline of Lord, we want your truth. We want your words. We would meditate on his scripture together in the morning, just seeking His fresh words for us through the Holy Spirit and renewing our minds. Kind of Philippians four eight thoughts, just refreshing our minds. And so, yeah, I love that. Get some tears. So just in that place, we just felt this like closeness of the Lord, just from the moment we kind of stepped into this. And I really think that's the fruit of so many of your prayers um, and our posture with him. And as we were doing that, um, actually zoom forward a month later, we were at this retreat center that John was mentioning in Michigan, which was, I think he's going to talk more about it, but incredible. It was kind of one of those experiences where like, oh, we didn't even know we needed this, but we needed this. This is amazing. And just out of that place um, of feasting on his words, I just began to really see him highlight numerous things in my life. And one of the big themes, obviously we were on a sabbatical, was rest. Um, him just really highlighting this theme of rest and what is rest? How do I rest? And um, it was a really stretching experience for me. If you had asked me before sabbatical, i had have been like, I'm so good at rest. I know how to rest and work, rest, work. Um, but really, God started to highlight to me that I had implemented in my life a lot of disciplines of external rest. We had to do a weekly Sabbath. We had um, vacations we would do as rhythms through the year. And those were a great um, thing we'll continue to do that have been a blessing. But really started to highlight to me in my heart that there were places that I had not learned inner rest when I was in those places, so kind of my inner world, when I'd be on Sabbath, when I'd be on vacation, would continue to be producing, worrying, thinking through um, my next steps, and the Lord just really highlighting, I want to teach you something about inner rest, the beauty of inner rest in me, that as you're in this season, to have your full trust and dedication to me. There's numerous things you taught me about this, but one that really stuck out to me, that has been a fun journey for us was when we were at this um, retreat center, God really highlighting to me the importance of that inner rest, that true inner rest flowing out of a place of gratitude with the Lord. And it really began to highlight to me places that my heart had been moved from gratitude and peace with him. And so just daily practices of, I want to draw you back to gratitude with me, just soaking in the beauty of my daily gifts I give you, daily gifts. And so um hi <laughs> so, um, so even just the sweetness of Gabe, from small things through my day to large things they'd given us, he just really drew my heart back to a place of gratitude um with him that was so sweet and so intimate um it took my attention kind of off of my emotional my mind attention off of whatever it was I was um thinking about or worrying about back to just gratitude to my creator and the goodness of who he is Um, and I really can say in this place I felt like the Lord really grew me and is going to continue to in that place of having my inner world match my external world having my inner world match the external Sabbath and rest I was on but having my inner world be at rest with my creator so it was sweet and um there's a lot more I could share but I would take all John's time so I won't um, but wanted to just second just the thank you. It was a sweet gift as a family to have the time um and I'm excited to share more with so many of you
0: no. <laughs> starting to mumble in my ear, so.
1: One of our fun highlights with Gabe for this sabbatical updates Gabe's going to be seventeen months tomorrow. Crazy. Um, I remember we spent some time on the beach in July and, um, I used to be able to sit in my beach chair and just kind of watch Gabe roam because he couldn't go too far. And this one day in July he was playing and, um, there was like a seagull or something. So I turned my head and I turned back and he is booking it full speed to the water. And I thought we're in a new phase now. So Gabe is walking and running. Um, and also likes to say, Jesus, which we find really fun.
0: All right, what do you think? Any final words? <laughs> Seen a little bit, buddy. Uh-huh. Bye. Likes blown kisses. Seen a little buddy. bit, buddy. Have fun. <clears throat> All right. So, um, so you might be wondering, um, what what were you guys doing um, on the sabbatical? Also, uh, a common question is, you know, what was God doing um, in the midst of the sabbatical? And as I as I think about that, there's a lot of ways that I could answer that question, but there's uh, there's three verses in uh, Matthew. That actually um, say it so well, and so I want to begin uh, the time of me sharing, just unpacking a little bit more um, by reading these verses. This is from the Message Version, uh, Eugene Peterson's kind of paraphrase translation of the Bible, and it just captures so well what this time of sabbatical was all about for me. Um, And and Jesse as well, but especially I'm going to be sharing a bit from kind of my context. It says this. It says, uh, Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Oops, we'll get that later. So this talks about being tired. It talks about being worn out, uh, burned out. And uh, going into the sabbatical, this, this is how I felt. Uh, this is what I was feeling. I was in a place, and uh, I really could resonate with these words. Um, so I read this, and, and it hits me in a, in a guttural, kind of emotive kind of way of, I was tired. Um, there was a place of feeling worn out. And in that place, not knowing why, really, or what all was, was going on, um, actually, I came across a definition of burnout. It's a term that we can throw around a lot, and uh, it's not just a term that refers to people in uh, vocational ministry necessarily. And so, I actually want to read this uh, phrase, just to, or this definition, just to give you a little context, because um, I think it, it describes where I was at going into this sabbatical pretty well, and then it'll help. It'll give some context for really where God met me in a really significant way. It says this, um, to deplete oneself, to exhaust one's physical, mental, emotional, and perhaps spiritual resources, uh, to wear oneself out by excessive striving. Isn't that the opposite of unforced rhythms of grace? Uh, Excessive striving to reach some unrealistic expectation imposed by oneself or by the values of one's family, community, or subculture, or some mixture of all or or, or some of those. And uh, this was true of me as I, as I went into the sabbatical, just that I was feeling this sense of depletion, um, but in the midst of it, not really knowing why. And it, it, it felt somewhat holistic in that it felt as though there was this uh, physical place of tiredness, Uh, But there was a mental, uh, an emotional uh, piece as well. In fact, I wouldn't have said this at the beginning, but as I began to unravel some of what was going on internally in me, I would say I was kind of in a mildly depressed state. Uh, I wouldn't say I had gotten on the continuum to uh, chronic depression yet, but I probably was in a mildly depressed state. Um, Again, I wouldn't have known that, but now that I've kind of dove into some of these places, I went, oh, that." that's how I felt. That's what was going on. Um, On top of this, I'd been suffering with a lot of anxiety for a while, and knowing I got to try and get a handle on this. It's really draining me, Um, but not not knowing exactly how, and in some ways, my um, attempts to uh, solely utilize sort of the spiritual resources that I had in a sense of uh, praying about it, listening to God about it. it. It felt like it wasn't um, addressing the whole the whole piece, I was still in this place of really struggling with um, anxiety that um, was going on in my life, and so kind of have this place, and so I could just resonate with uh, these words from Jesus uh, as he 's saying, "Come to me in a place of tiredness and weariness it 's just amazing to me that in the place of that of brokenness or Uh, Maybe shame that might be carried in that place. The invitation from God is always, come to me. Walk with me. I love this. Uh, It says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. Uh, I don't want to be overly dramatic, um, but there were some parts of my life that desperately needed to be recovered um, that were... Yeah, they needed to be recovered. Uh, they, they were lost. And uh, there are parts of my personality and my inner world that needed a resurrection of sorts. And uh, so this invitation of come away with Jesus and you'll recover your life, that was, that's, in, that's, there's something attractive about that. I'll show you how to take a real rest. That was what I wanted, but what I wasn't totally sure how to get. Um, Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Um, I was longing for this. And then this final piece that is Matthew 11, it says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And again, I just, that was, that's what I was longing for, but I, I felt stuck. Uh, and not exactly knowing how to... Uh, Get to that next place um, of freedom from kind of what I was experiencing. Uh, you know, I, I heard something a few months ago. Someone was disc, was saying that the concept of yoke in this passage had some has somewhat of a technical term. I haven't fact checked this, um, but. Uh, they were talking about in Jesus' time, it was a technical term related to uh, a rabbi's interpretation of the Old Testament and how the Old Testament was describing the way in which we should walk with God. Isn't that interesting when Jesus is saying, if you take, so in the NIV, and more literally it would translate this, as, take my yoke upon you. And Jesus is saying that. And so he's saying, take my way of understanding God and his call on your life. And this is what it will be like. It will be light. It will bring rest- restoration to your soul. If you're understanding, uh, this is what kind of this passage is saying. If your understanding of what walking with me looks like is crushing to you, is you're, you read the, the words of God and it, and it becomes this heavy yoke that just weighs you down. That's not actually the yoke of, of mine. That's not actually the yoke of Jesus and, and the yoke of God. So, so this, is, this is significant. Uh, I, I went in wearing a yoke that wasn't the one that Jesus was offering, uh, not in every area of my life, but in, in a number of key areas. Um, I might not be the only one here who has felt that at times, <laughs> who who can relate to any piece of, of this story. And so as I continue to share... Um, Uh, My expectation is not for you to be able to say, that's exactly me, because all of our stories and journeys with Jesus are are very unique, and he meets us in a whole bunch of different ways. But there are some commonalities, uh, like what this passage talks about, that his desire is to meet us in a place that brings uh, restoration, that there's places in our souls that need recovery, and our lives that need to be recovered. And you can take it to the bank that his desire is to bring all of us on a process of recovery for every place of our life uh, that feels unrecoverable. So it might sound a bit simplistic, but in somewhat of a low place, this is what I was doing. (laughs) Trying to just come to Jesus and just trying to walk with him. Trying to get away with him. Uh, you know, this passage says, walk with me and work with me. When you have uh, a just-about-toddler, the work doesn't end. So my day job was on hold, but there was still plenty of work uh, to be done, especially owning a house, coming and going from some trips. It was like, whoa, when I would return. It was like, okay, there's some work. Okay, Jesus, we want to work with you. Um, So I was trying to keep company with him. And In that place, he met me with such kindness. Um, This wasn't, there was no silver bullet to to this whole experience. Uh, It was Jesus meeting me in like a manifold different ways, uh, communicating a pretty, a fairly singular message. Um, if I can say that. Uh, And the message was, I care for you, John, so much. And I want you to care for you. I am kind to you. And I want you to be kind to you too. This was the message in so many different ways. Uh, That's often how it works as uh, God's speaking to us in so many ways, and it's often a lot more to do with recognizing the ways that he's trying to meet us, the invitations that he's putting out to us, the different ways that he's speaking. And uh, there were so many ways that God did this. Uh, a couple small ones, not small, but quicker ones, is uh, one day I was doing dishes and uh, in that place, I was trying to be aware of some anxiety that I was feeling and not just kind of shove it away um, and some discouragement. And so I'm kind of lost there doing the dishes and Gabe's playing with his, you know, plastic uh, kitchenware that he just loves. And um, I'm just kind of lost, you know, thankfully he's okay. Uh, didn't get into anything majorly unsafe at that point in time, but uh, Out of the blue, he walks up to my leg and he just, he has this index card in his hand. And he just like lifts it up and hands it to me. And uh, this, was he hasn't done this before or since. And it was, I don't even know where he found it. But it was the memory verse that Jesse and I were trying to memorize. And it was a significant verse related to... Uh, some of the places that God was working on in us, especially related to anxiety and worry. And uh, so it's just this little thing that we could have eyes to miss. I could have missed that. But it was this place of the mercy of God in my little, at the time, I guess 15-month-old, just walking up and handing me the index card. I don't even think the index card was in the room. Uh, I think you maybe wandered out. and Anyway, we won't get into my parenting of that moment. And, uh, but just this beautiful place of God speaking. And uh, my hope is that coming out of this morning, that for every one of us here, uh, we recognize that we're all in the midst of a journey of Jesus saying, come to me, uh, keep company with me, walk with me. And in that place, he's a living God who's meeting us and wanting to visit us and responding with, with kindness and gentleness and grace, um, no matter where we're at on, on the journey. Um, so yeah, this time that we spend it alongside, we've referenced it a few times, um, it was another moment of grace from the Lord. So it's, it's this program that is specifically for uh, missionaries and people in full-time ministry, uh, or vocational ministry, uh, and their families. And you do it in a group context. So there's 12 different uh, either singles or families who are all there, and you're living on this gorgeous, fairly remote plot of land in the middle of Michigan. And uh, as I was as we were embarking on this experience, we didn't really know a lot of what to expect. It was really expensive. It was a quarter of the time of our sabbatical, and we are saying, but, but we really felt the Lord was leading us to it, and that some outside input into our lives would be really helpful. And before we got there, I, I sensed the Lord speaking to me and just saying, um, these people... Uh, they they aren't going to have the same grid for necessarily like hearing my voice that you might uh, walk with or might be common to you, but make no mistake about it, I'm speaking to them and they're listening to me, and I'm going to speak through them. And so God was just setting me up to say, hey, their grid might be a little different than the background that you come from and the way that you walk with me, but. Don't miss it for a second that they are hearing from me and I'm speaking to them. So that brought us, I, I was already in a, a low place. And so, you know, pain has a way of, uh, it can make you vulnerable uh, in a good way. It can and say, hey, I've got pain, so I need help. And so I was in a place of saying, I need some help. I feel stuck. Um, and the Lord's saying, hey, there's something I'm going to speak to them. I'm going to speak through them to you. Um, And it was significant. There were so many ways that God uh, brought restoration and healing into my life, into our marriage in ways we didn't realize. We didn't go in with marriage being the real pressure point. And uh, and through just the skill and excellence of our counselor uh, that we had while we were there, he just got us to work through some places that we didn't even realize were holding us back so much. And it was just such um, grace that the Spirit of God was leading uh, leading this counselor. Um, but there was this one moment where I'm sitting in this session with this counselor, and he was challenging—not challenging, that's the wrong word. He was, He was speaking to me about something that was— a little bit of a different perspective to sort of a paradigm I had or just a way that I was uh, viewing some things in my life. And um, as he started to share, I just heard this whisper from the Lord. Uh, It it was a whisper, but it was very strong. Uh, Listen, he's speaking. This is me speaking through him right now. (laughs) And so I could have missed it. It wasn't me with my journal in my quiet time. It was this counselor who I've only known for two weeks, but he was speaking something that my soul desperately needed, uh, that on my journey with Jesus uh, that was important and needed. And so there were so many of those uh, moments along the way. And uh, a big part of it, as I mentioned, was this place of uh, him not only reminding me of, of his love, uh, kindness, care, tenderness towards me. But I would say it was that, and it was with the addition of, and I want you to treat yourself like the way I treat you. And that was one of the biggest overarching themes of this sabbatical that I'm still on a journey with, and uh, it was significant, though, um, yeah, and and that was a a key place of uh, just where God was bringing me. Um, hold on, let me. I need to backtrack one second here. I don't usually print my notes double sided. It just threw me off. So, um, but you know, trying to save save trees. So uh, soon I'll be on an electronic device and we'll be we'll be rolling. But this is really His desire uh, that we would experience um, his love, that that would be the foundation. And when I say love, even that word can be generic at times. And so uh, for me, it was this place of kindness, tenderness, gentleness, uh, this Jesus that in Matthew 11 um, is, is meeting people. Now, I'm going um, to get teachy for a second. Uh, some people get preachy. I get teachy, okay? So when I get my groove, I think I get a little teachy. And uh, so I want to teach about something that was really significant for me. The first day at this program um, in Michigan, they talk to you. They they give us um, a bunch of these, you know, professional Christians. They give right at the outset a talk on what they describe as a theology of emotion. Uh Not the strength, actually, of many of the people in that room and uh, there was they talk, They talked about God is a God of deep emotion, He is a passionate God, and uh, they go on to describe that in in Eden, there was a place of pure joy uh, with God, there was peace there 's all these Things that a lot of us long for uh, in heaven for all of eternity, there's going to be joy. There's going to be peace. Uh, there won't be injustice, so there will be no need for for anger. Uh, and yet, in between Eden and heaven, a wide range of emotions are often so-called negative emotions are actually a gift from God to be able to make it through life well and with him. They're reflections of who God is. So when we read the Bible, and this is important because I'm talking about this Jesus who meets me kindly and gently and compassionately. Um, but when you look in the, whole of Bible, in the whole of the Bible, we see a God who's full of passion, who's full of emotion in lots of different contexts. And, and yet it's, They are a right, they're in a right context. So allow me to explain um, just a little bit more. Uh, We often have these four kind of forbidden feelings, okay? Um, Fear. So fear, we we think like anxiety or or fear. This is like a forbidden feeling if you're trying to follow Jesus. Uh, But you know, fear can actually be a gift from God in the face of danger, there's all sorts of things your body does with adrenaline and cortisol to re- help you get free from that place of danger. But what gets, what's an issue is when that gets messed up and skewed and you respond wrongly. So you start responding with fear, and, but there's no danger. Okay, I'm not going to unpack this whole thing. I'd love to, but I uh, don't have time. Uh, grief and sadness. This was a big one for me. Did you know, grief and sadness is a gift from God to process loss. There's not going to be loss anymore in heaven, and there wasn't in Eden uh, before the fall took place, but now we have so much pain and so much loss. It's a gift for us to be sad and to grieve and to cry, and uh, it's amazing. There was this experience, so part of this was we would have these group therapy environments. So Every day, there were about eight of us that would cluster in a group. And um, every day, there were two things we had to do. So just about everything else was kind of optional in the whole deal. But especially in this group therapy, it was you have to share what you're feeling in that moment and what is one need that you have from the group. And it's amazing how bad all of us were at this at the beginning. It's like you just throw a group of caregivers and people who serve a lot of others, and it was like, what are you feeling? So what they do is they have all these laminated sheets of feeling words. And so they just, you just pass them around, and it's just like, I feel sad. I feel that you're not allowed to say good, okay? It's like just not helpful. So anyway. So, But over a couple days, we started to develop this new new skill in our lives and, and then to communicate like a need from the group. That was also a real challenge. But one of the things that happened was as I was sharing a, kind of a 15, 20-minute life story, and why are you here? So that was what I was to share in this kind of safe context. And as I was sharing a couple parts of my life story, and, and why I was there, I just started to bawl and weep, um, almost uncontrollably. Uh, I probably could have controlled it, but I didn't want to. It was like, it just started to come, and I was like, oh, thank you. I, they tried to give me tissues, and I was like, no, that I need this. <laughs> like, let's just let this go. And so, as I'm sure, I had no idea why. I had no clue. I would not making connections between why parts of my story I'd get to and I'd be I'd well up with this emotion that had not been expressed. And so my counselor afterwards was his phrase was just be curious about that. What do you what, just go for God? I wonder what's going on. What's going on with that? And, uh, and so in that place of curiosity, I realized that there were some major places in my life, both in my past part of my life, and, but even more recently, that I hadn't really grieved. That there were losses, there were disappointments, there were discouragements, uh, some on a small level, some on a really big level, that I hadn't grieved and even really acknowledged the loss uh, that had ex- had happened in some of those experiences and you know after that experience it, it was again there was no silver bullet to this whole thing but it was it was one little weight that was off was off after that experience um, I felt a little lighter you know Jesus in that that message version that we read the I'll teach you to live freely and lightly it was like the, the one of those ill fitting weights that I had taken was one less was there and so this whole journey of the sabbatical was trying to walk with him and it was like oh a weight off here a weight off here and the reason I share this about emotions is and I didn't even finish the whole teachy part, but uh, that was exactly where God took me. He took me into places of disappointment and sadness. He took me into places of frustration and anger. Uh, Again, that's one It's like, don't be angry. Uh, uh, I like feel guilty being angry at times. Um, But yet anger has a right place in the face of injustice. God gets incredibly angry in the face of injustice. Um, But it can be bad to, again, there's a skewed way that we can live that out. And um, so, anyway, there's these also, these two terrible feelings. And I just said one of them. Uh, Guilt and shame. And what do we make of this shame and guilt stuff? I, I, I don't have time to go into all this, but shame, Jesus died on the cross that he would take away all of our shame. And shame's connected to our identity. Uh, there's something deeply wrong with me in the core of my being. If you don't know Jesus, uh, that's there to lead you to Jesus because he wants to take away that shame. And when you come to Jesus, he takes away that shame. And there's no need to walk with any shame anymore when we're in the presence of Jesus and when we're with him. Uh, But guilt is interesting because guilt, sometimes it's a good thing. Uh, If I have truly broken one of God's moral laws, uh, I will feel guilt. And that's a good thing because I I need to confess it. I need to receive his forgiveness. And then I need to move on. Uh, might rec- we might have reconciliation with another person involved. Anyway, so there's a place of true guilt. But what, what I was experiencing a lot of and still do in a lot of ways is what I would describe as false guilt. I have this incredibly like overdrive of feeling guilty about things that I haven't actually done anything wrong for. I haven't offended God. I haven't broken one of his commands. And yet I feel this guilt if I get angry. Even if it's a right anger, I feel this guilt. Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing something wrong. So one of the things God has been doing is highlighting this place of guilt. And especially as it pertains to false guilt. Um, And so I want to encourage you to be aware and think about, are there places that are these heavy weights that are bogging you down because of some sort of guilt that's not actually uh, what God has, um, has for you and is doing. And then if you do feel it and it's genuine, well, confess it to God. Make, restor- make restitution or restoration to that and move on. It's not the life that he's called us to live, to remain in that place. Um, but that's been a hugely helpful um, part of... Part of this process and this journey for me. Uh, One of the things that we were told alongside is when you experience false guilt, aggressively argue with it. So I give you permission. If we see you walking around the church and you're just talking to yourself out loud, arguing with your false guilt, we won't. There'll be no condemnation. No judgment will be passed to you. But there's actually something power to, powerful to, uh, out loud arguing with yourself in a sense of you don't have to carry this false guilt. You don't have to feel guilty over this thing that's actually not not guilty. I could share lots of little stories, but I won't because I need to sort of wrap this up. There was a really significant experience uh, closer to the end of the sabbatical. Um, And I was in possibly my favorite place on the planet. The beach in New Jersey. That's like my my core place. If I do like these prayer ministry things, and it's like, go to your happy place. You know, it's like I go, and I'm walking on the beach along the, the, the waves, usually somewhere in New Jersey. Um, that's where I spent all of my summers growing up, for context. Um, and So anyway, so we got our first two nights without Gabe since he had been born. Uh, Grandparents were watching him. So that was just so nice in and of itself. Um, So we're sitting on the beach. We go down and uh, we say, okay, we're going to start. Let's just get some time with the Lord. And we're just, we have to commit to each other. No interrupting. Okay, we like to interrupt each other, but we're going to just spend some time with the Lord. No interrupting each other. Okay, we agree to that. So... I go like, so she like, in this moment, she gets out her journal. She has her Bible open. She's like connecting with the Lord that way. And, and this like reflex in me is like, okay, I'll get my Bible out, get my journal. And I was just, in, uh, part of this journey is getting in touch with what, do, what does John actually want? What are his desires? Again, what, what's John feeling? And so I'm thinking, what I really want to do is just sit in this beach chair and listen to this new song that came out uh, by Paul and Hannah McClure, who are kind of part of Bethel Church. And I haven't heard it yet, but I just want to listen to it. I just want to put my feet up. I just want to watch the waves. And I just want to listen to this song. And I felt this guilt come up I me, mean, this false guilt thing. Don't know why I was there, um, but I felt it come. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to give into that. Um, I'm going to just allow myself to listen to this music. And it wasn't even like I was like, I want to go into this deep worship session. I was just like, I just want to listen to this music and sit here and be calm and watch the waves. Um, so I did that. I listened to it the first time through, and um, I was like, oh, that's a cool song. Um, but it didn't like connect with me necessarily, but I was like, I missed some of the words. I want to listen to this again. It's a fun song to listen to. So I start listening through um, a second time, and as I'm listening, all these emotions start to just well up inside of me. I want to just read you um, the the lyrics just real quick. They'll be on the screen, actually. There was something about this. I was just sitting there. It says, they said he's not who he seems, talking about God. Um, Don't get your hopes up for healing, but lies fell away when I saw his face. My heart burst to life. I saw delight in his eyes when he looked at me. My whole world's on fire, alive in the presence that burns inside of me. Now I know whose I am ever, I'll stand on your truth. I believe. And I just listened to this on repeat for like 30, 40 minutes over and over. And, and tears would just stream down my face. Every time I'd hear this, I saw the light in his eyes when he looked at me. And as I'm sitting there, listen to this, I close my eyes and I just see Jesus. Right to my right side. It's so interesting. He's just always, he was standing directly to my right. And he was just reaching out a hand to me. And he just kept saying, take my hand. I want to walk with you. He just kept saying it over and over. He just said, take my hand. I want to walk with you. And I'm just sitting there processing. It was near the end of the sabbatical. All the these different places I've been through and still feeling like so on the front end of a new journey with God. I mean, in some ways, my journey with him started in the womb. Uh, you know, God knew me in the womb and I've been living this journey of season after season with him. And there was this new season that I've been on and he's just standing there going, take my hand, I want to walk with you. And I just see him there and I just reach out and I'm holding his hand and uh and he sa- and eventually like well into this process he goes well first the thing that was so amazing was not just that Jesus is standing there and uh offering this invitation to me he was so kind and he said eventually he just said, I'm so happy to be with you. And uh, it was just his presence. It was just being in the presence of Jesus right there and having him reach out his hand. And uh, it just undid me. And, uh, and so he just kept saying, I just want to walk with you. Take my hand. I'll walk with you. And, uh, and then he said, after a while, of just being with him. He said, he said, John, I wish, he just was looking at me, he just said, John, I wish you weren't so hard on yourself. I'm just sitting there being with Jesus, my favorite place at the beach. And uh, he's just so kindly, just spoke to the place in my heart that uh, he'd been speaking in so many different ways. One of the last things one of our counselors said at the end of our time at Alongside, she just, in our group therapy session, she just looked me in the face and just so kindly, she just said, one of my hopes for you, John, is that you'll, you'll be kind to yourself. I just really hope that, that you'll, you'll move forward from a place of just being kind to yourself. I wouldn't have gone in, saying, oh, I'm really hard on myself and, and mean to myself and things like that. But God was highlighting these areas where I wasn't treating myself the way that he was treating me. And, uh, and so he was trying to, he's continuing to try and uh, re-teach some things that I need to relearn. And uh, I can't go, I got to wrap up. I can't go teach you on this. But there's this crazy thing, look it up, called neuroplasticity, okay? So you, your way God created us is that our brains can change over time. And so this is what God's doing because he created us physical beings. So he's literally, from the beginning of my sabbatical till now, he's walking with me in real life examples with people, with books, with people I meet on the plane who show unusual kindness to our family and Gabe and are just such mercy to us. Um, through podcasts and, um, and sitting on the beach, closing my eyes and not being able to get rid of Jesus being right there. He's, re- tr- he's changing who I am. He's changing the one that he's created me to be in a process that unfolds. And it's lifelong for every one of us. And uh, my hope is that three months more from now that I'm not as hard on myself and that I'm able to be kinder to myself um, and that parts of where I am now continue to grow. And so my Um, so it was a sweet time on the beach there and he spoke some other things. Uh, but the, the most significant part was just that, um, he was there with me in, uh, the sadness, the loneliness, the joy that was in there, uh, as I was processing the sabbatical, um, and he met me in all those places. And actually, the less I experience all of those places in my life, the less the place of intimacy with God and others is going to exist. So I actually need the full range of how God wants to meet me in my emotions, uh, in, in my inner world. Uh, that actually leads to that res- you'll restore your life and you'll recover places of your life. Uh, the lightness and the free living actually comes when we can grieve well the loss that takes place in our lives. When Anyway, that whole thing. I won't re-preach the sermon. So here, here's my question as we conclude. Do you have any places in your life where you, are, you have trouble being as kind to yourself as Jesus is to you, where it's hard for you to uh, care for yourself, where it's hard for you to receive his care for you, where it's hard maybe to receive his kindness um, and to meet with him. And uh, the the picture that I had during worship was um, – And I just, I agree with Sarah Joy, I was just so weepy. Um, But I love it. It's like, I've cried way more in the last month of my life than probably the previous, like, three years. It's amazing. Um, And was skinning our knee, someone falling and skinning their knee and being on the ground. And uh, thinking that that was a reason for... um, Jesus to ignore them, or not be present, or to kind of turn away from them. But what I saw in my mind was when, when we, I saw Jesus just getting down to the person who had just fallen and scraped their knee, and he wanted to help them. He wanted to help uh, give bandage if it was needed, to clean it out, to heal it, and then to be with the person. I just saw this delight in his eyes to be with with each one of us in the place of shame in the place of that we would think would keep us away from him. He actually wants us to bring that to him. So if the band could come forward, we're, we're just going to close with, um, with a song and uh, I want this song just to be an opportunity t- for you to come to Jesus uh, and whatever that looks like, if, if you want, you don't have to, but he's, he's giving an invitation to say, come away with me if, and you'll recover your life. If there's areas of your life that need to be recovered, I'll show you how to take a rest in those places. And I'll teach you about the unforced rhythms of grace. And in the process, he won't lay anything that's too heavy or ill-fitting, that if, if you keep company with him, you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And so why don't you stand? Um, one of the practices we have here is that uh, we have some space in the front, and that's for if you would find it helpful to get out of your seat and respond in some way physically uh, to what God's inviting. If you need to just come and kneel down and stand up here. Um, there, there may be somebody that walks over to you and asks if they can pray for you um, in that place, which you can receive or you don't have to receive that. Um, but, but I also just want to encourage, as the, as the team leads us in this final song, whatever it looks like to come to Jesus in the place of your heart, in the place of your world. I don't know what that looks like. If it's words under your breath, if it's a picture in your mind, if whatever it is, he's right with and next to every one of us. And then when we leave and walk, as we walk out and leave this place, he's saying, walk with me. Work with me. Moment by moment, I'm going to teach you. I'll be with you. And so... I want to invite you uh, in this, uh, if it feels vulnerable and scary, to bring whatever those places are that that God's touching right now. Uh, Just bring them before Him. And you might have a sense that He responds in some way, or maybe not. Or you'll feel His comfort. I don't know what He'll do. It's all different. That's the point. It's this journey uh, where He meets us. along the way. And this is just one next moment of meeting with him.